Yeah. Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weinberger and Harav Nissen. We look forward to taking your questions and your comments, and of course, we look forward to much from creating a mental health awareness. The number to call up and ask your question is 718-683-5858, And Rav Nissen, who do we have? We have uh, Mrs. B. Mrs. B, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hello. Um, first of all, I want to thank you. I listened to you on Slovakia and on your um, line, your English line, and I really enjoy it. Thank and you. And it has given me a lot of awareness and a lot of different topics. Baruch Hashem, that is our goal. So you speak a lot about personality disorders, and I have a neighbor that she's only a neighbor, but she lives on my floor. I live in an apartment building. And I have a suspicion, either she has a personality disorder or something else, but it's affecting us also to a certain extent. I'll give an example that happened today. Um, really, my question is how I can protect myself and my kids from her. She will lie while locking you straight into your face. Um, my two kids were in my house, in my apartment, actually, um, an almost seven-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old, like not such little kids, but little. So I don't let them open the door without my permission. And even if I do give them permission to open the door, I don't give them permission to leave the house without my permission. And they know that I'm very strict about it. And if a child would ever do that, which they don't, I would give them a very strict telling off. So today, the door was open with my permission. They were standing by the open door. They were waiting for someone to come. And suddenly, my four-year-old just left the apartment and started walking out. Now, this is a hallway with six different apartments. And it's not really safe. It's a, it's a big apartment building, six floors, six apartments on each floor. And you don't know who's, who's there. And it's not safe for a child to be out there without supervision. So I started telling, I wanted to tell off my little one. So my older one said, no, our other neighbor called him. And this neighbor that I was referring to before, she called him to come to the, her door, which is the other end of the hallway completely. It's like a U, so I couldn't see him at all. I went there, I went up to her door, and I decided that I'm going to confront her. And I told her, um, I want to ask you to never do this again because I'm very strict with my kids about this and they wouldn't have done it on their own. And I want to ask you to never do this again. So she said, oh, I didn't call him out. He was outside already. I said, I need to know the truth. Was he really outside? Because if he was, then I need to tell him off and I might give him a punishment like a consequence. And I don't want to tell him off for, for nothing, for something that he doesn't deserve. So she said, oh, yes, 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 he was outside already. And the reason why she had called him was because she had borrowed something from me and she wanted to return it. She was just lazy to leave her apartment. But my bigger one who was defending my other one afterwards and telling me, and it's not the first time such things happened with her, that my big one told me that, no, he wasn't outside. He was in the house. He was inside and she called him out. And she denied it. And I was very upset about it. 
Okay. So what's what's your question now? Yes. So you're discussing someone that seems to have some issues. Yeah, definitely. So I try to keep my distance from her. Like, if I need to borrow something, there are plenty of other neighbors to borrow from. I try to interact with her as much as possible. Uh, keep our interactions so minimum as it is. But she keeps interacting. She will come to the door and want to borrow something. And I feel me not opening the door. I don't mind lending her things. But then she'll want to chat for who knows how long. And then things like what happened today. Like she'll be doing things that are against my chinuch and then lying about it. And I don't know how I can protect myself and my children from her. Well, I'm going to have Rabnissen help this out, but I just want to create a little oh, bit of sorry, awareness. Oh, sorry, I forgot to say one more example. She well, has we don't need a it. little it's okay. Let's, let's, let's try something else. Let's recognize that we can't insulate ourselves from everyone. So the question is, exactly. what will you do? And what so that's are my question. If I, if I could just cut off from her, I would, but this is my neighbor. I can't ignore her. That's right. So you can... I don't want to be in a fight with her. That's not what I'm trying to do. That's right. So, Baruch Hashem, you're not married to her. She isn't your sister. She's not your mother. She's not your cousin. You don't have to deal with her. So the couple of times you interact with her or something like that will happen, that's just how it's going to go. So you did appropriate by telling her, please don't call my son or don't. Even if she denied it, she got the message. Mm Mm-hmm. And you'll be discussing it with your kids. You'll teach him. I you did. Know, I told him you should mm-hmm. never leave the house without my permission, even if this neighbor calls you. Good. But then she'll, let's say if I'm outside and her daughter will run away from her, her not yet three-year-old daughter will run away from her, so she'll tell my son to run after her daughter instead of her running after the daughter because she, she doesn't want to run, so she tells my son to run after her. But... I don't want my son to be her maid. Right. I mean, not Good. maid. So you can I don't explain. Know the right I won't have Nissen to get involved over here. So I will just say that you're allowed to tell your children and practice at role play with them. Say that if she asks for something, say, my mother doesn't want me to do that. I need to be home right now. But practice. I want to hear, Rav Nissen, what do you say to this? Uh, you know what? Uh, this is, uh, I, I would say that, uh, you know, first of all, I would say maybe, maybe Melamed Schut. I know that you trust your kids, but maybe Melamed Schut on the kids. Sometimes kids, you know, just imagine that the, the neighbor call. And I think that uh, as I know Israel and I know Yerushalayim, I, I think uh, I, I'm not, I cannot be a, a parent or you, you as a mother, but and I understand your concern about your kids. But... Sometimes it's something that you you have to to feel a little bit secure and don't give the kids a lot of you know uh, panic. I would say that. Well, let I, me ask I, you. I assumed you're calling from England, and it's a big building, and it's not a from building, and it's dangerous. I, I, I'm, I'm curious. That's my that was my perception of it. It's a big building. It's not England. It's Yerushalayim. Um, in Yerushalayim, six floors, as I said. I don't say um, that it's have to be neglect your kids, but you know that's some kind of responsibility, and and eventually the kids will be uh, uh, free, you know. And when you just plant in them some kind of fear, I, I would say, uh, you know, I I I'm I'm hearing from the side, uh, 
you concern, but I see more than this. I see that you fear inside. And I think I'll be very honest that since the Lady Klesky story, I am very afraid of such things. And I'm quite protective. They're, they're still young. I, you know, I understand very well, you know, but the question, you can go to the neighbor and say, you know, you know what, I'm really, I'm really, a pre you know, you did the right things, but to, uh, in, in order to, to feel, you know, the kids, I, 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 I like the word trust. I like the word mm -hmm. trust, you know, not fear. You know, you can just mm -hmm. explain the kids uh, that you have many things that is not so, so appropriate and all this stuff. Build the trust and not build the fear that you open the door, it's finished. You know, you're already facing the, the, the devil. And the neighbor is not a bad person. She just, maybe she wanted to do, want to ask the kids something. Maybe she, could be that the kids, because of fear, just said that the neighbor called him. It's also possible. You know, we said in the, the, in, in, in the Gemara. The neighbor personally because she wants, this, she once locked up a child of mine in a room in her apartment. She was she, she offered to watch my child for a bit, and he was being naughty, so she locked him into a room, and uh, not a room, actually. It was okay. her balcony, her porch. Since okay. then, I've never allowed I, I did, my I children can, to I, be in her house. I can, I can, okay, this I cannot answer, but I said sometimes you He's say... He's very unhealthy, obviously. Okay. But that you have to be... Uh, you know, we have to be uh, uh, aware about not healthy people around us. It could be somebody from the building, somebody from the family, somebody from the, from the school. Sure, so this sure, is yeah. true, true, but a, a build, a, a, you know, self-confidence and a child, it's very important. The mm -hmm. most important is to build self-confidence. You don't want to, be, uh, to, to uh, raise a, a kid that's scared from every movement, every, every just uh, sound, it just jump over. I don't think that will happen because I do let my children go out from okay. the door. They just need to inform me beforehand, and okay. So uh, it's just that so, I need to be—I need to be on top of it. That's all. Okay. okay. Thank you. We're talking Thank about you young the kids, after all. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So appreciate your call. Appreciate you staying up so late all the way from Eretz Yisrael. So wonderful. And Thank you for answering my question. Yeah. Sure. And the number to call up is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we look forward to taking your questions and your comments again, 718-683-5858. And we are going to Mr. Y. Hello? Yes, hello. And I here I got the message, we have your parents' permission, correct? Great. So, Mr. Y, what do I have the honor of having your call? Yeah, um, I, I have a habit. I crack my knuckles the whole day. I can't stop it's funny. As you're knuckles. speaking, I was actually just cracking my knuckles, so that's funny. Okay. Hello? Seems like we lost. Uh, uh, please call Seems something like we with lost the phone. Them. Okay. Okay, so we can talk about it. And, Mule, the number to call up is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, and we look forward to taking your questions. 
So let's understand a little about cracking knuckles. We have this about biting nails. Sometimes it's about pulling out some here. What happens is that it might start as a nervous twitch, means it can start that we just did something because when we did it, it helped us out. We call it, we call it self-medicating, like you do that behavior and then you calm down for the moment. The downside is that it becomes a, a behavior that you now practice. So we have Mr. Y back again. And what happens is that when someone cracks their knuckles, after a while, it just becomes a habit that they're used to. And they're not even doing it for a specific purpose. It's not even helping it. It's no reason just that you got used to it. So what we try to do is we try to create another behavior or do something else instead of that. And usually once we do that several times, the behavior is overridden to a new behavior. So, Mr. Y, you might have missed what I said. So, let's, since you call back, let's just help you out in short. The short version is that sometimes when we do something a couple of times, then it becomes now a habit. So, what we want to do is something else. So, I like giving an example when people have sometimes biting their nails, or let's say you're saying cracking your knuckles. Just try with your left hand, just squeezing your left thumb, not too tight. But every time you're going to crack a knuckle, just squeeze the left thumb. And it's a new overriding behavior. Now, it will be difficult the first couple of times. Like you're going to want to crack the knuckles. You just continue doing that behavior. What do you say to that, it's, uh, Mr. Y? All right, we need them to close the sound in the background. Hello? Hi, Mandir. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes, you are. Can you Me? just close the background? Yes, you are on the air. Yeah. Uh, hi, I need some chizuk to go through midterms. I'm going through midterms, and I'm not really smart, and I really need help. Okay. Thank you. All right, so you want chizuk midterms. So, yeah. first step... First step is to recognize what are you so nervous about midterms? I don't know. There's my friends call me like not smart. They say I'm dumb. Is it real? Are you yeah. pr are you pranking us or are you real? No, I'm real. Yeah? Which friends would call another friend dumb? They're not really my friends. Alright, so let's talk about your friends. Who are your friends? I don't really have. All right, so your question is different. How do we get you to make... So what's your real question? First, are your parents around? Do they let you place your question? What? Your parents allow you to call? I don't know. What? Right, one second. I'll tell you what. I didn't spoke with your mother? No, this is a different one. This isn't Mr. Y. This is a different kid. Oh. Okay, thank you. Sure, you're welcome. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, so okay. uh, so yeah, we go to, to Mrs. S. Mrs. S. You're on with Mordechai and her of Nissen. Not yet. Hello? Yeah, hello? Yes, hello. You're on with Mordechai and her of Nissen. Um, hello. Hello. Yeah, hello. I'm not sure if you wanted me. 
Yes, it's you. You're on. Okay. So um, I've been listening to your show for quite some time, and I've been following along, and I'm really very impressed with all the answers and the chizuk is giving to the community. There's just one question I have. Um, I've been learning some Musar in different svarim, and it seems to me some of the advice is not like the highest level for people who want to work on their character. Well, you, I, I want to thank you. You just said something so amazing. You said you're learning Svarim and Musr, and if someone needs the Das Torah, they should be going to the Rav. This is emotional health only, psychological. Right. I, no, no, I okay, think it's very you. important to make the awareness that, that yeah, I can give you an I example of like a... Thank you for a, your a, call. I want to thank you for your call, and there's lots of room for those opinions. This program is just psychology. There's so many places, Shiorim, there's unbelievable Rabbanim. JRootRadio.com has got so many Gedolim that you can speak to and call up when they give their Shiorim. This is mental health. Yeah. Okay, Miss Ravnison, who do we have next? Mr. R. Mr. R, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. And for those who would like to call, the number to call up is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. Hello, Mr. R. Yeah, hello, Mordechai and Rav Nissen. Hello. Um, yeah, hello. Um, my question is, I used to go to a therapist. And he helped me a lot, but for some reason I had to quit uh, going to therapy. Okay. And I have a problem detaching from him. Like, I I want to go back and I keep thinking of him. Now, my question is, is this normal or how can I detach and move on in, uh, in life? Great. So let's go ahead and rephrase your question. And then let, I'd like to hear what Rob Nissen has to say to this. So the, your question is, you stopped therapy short when you knew you still wanted to continue for whatever reason, and you're still thinking about him the entire time, and you wouldn't know how yeah, to move on he, it with your life. My question to you is, are you thinking of your therapist, not because you're thinking of your therapist that you're attached to him, but rather your issue is still there, and you're thinking of him because he's the only one that helped you out to move on. And you're still stuck because you didn't move beyond your limitations. That that sounds right, but I can't go back to that therapist for some reason. So I'm um, going to figure out a new therapist. It's uh, that's called life, my friend. That's called what? Life. Life. Life means you start from scratch. You start from new. I can share with everyone. I've been going to a certain therapist for a couple of years. I stopped for a couple of months, and I just started about two months ago with my new therapist, and I had to start from scratch. means I had to have the first session to complete intake, get a history, find out everything that's going on, what did I work on, what did I move, what didn't I move, then start connecting with a different therapist as a different approach. That's called life. Every time reminiscence is in the construction industry, and there's a new client, a new customer. You have to start explaining. That's life. You started therapy. There are some issues going on. You said you finished, you ended prematurely, and you still got to go through the therapy process. Go ahead. Continue it. 
Beautiful answer. Thank you so much. Hold on. Let me hear what Reb Nissen has. Reb Nissen, what do you say to this? He went to a therapist. He stopped early, and he's thinking about the therapist the entire time. As, as you say, I, why is thinking about the therapist? You know, is and uh, I, I would say I would say that it's, it's a, uh, maybe it's a finance uh, issue that now we cannot go to another uh, therapist. Maybe it's something that is, uh, you know, a personal connection. And why cannot go back? That's also a question. We yeah. don't. Uh, hello. Yeah. Again, we lo- we lost him. Yeah. Okay. Good. So we'll go. We'll go to Mrs. Z. Okay. Mrs. Z, and also people, the number to call up, ask your question: seven one eight six eight three fifty eight fifty eight seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. Well, some programs we spend like a long time on a question. This program, it's like a minute and a half a question. Go <laughs> ahead, call up. <laughs> Hello, ahead, Mrs. Mrs. Z. Z. You're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissim. Yeah, I have a question here. That my, my kids came home from school one day telling that someone, like a very, like someone he knows about it. They know. They know this person very well, and never he killed himself. And they are just talk, talking and talking about it. I don't know how to handle it. How old are your children? One is 12 and one is 10. 10 and 12. Yeah. First of all, let's, let's ask it this way. Let's talk about you. How do you deal with when you heard that someone did that? I was like just frozen. I was like very, very, I was like very emotional and I couldn't talk too much. I was like, I couldn't handle this. I couldn't handle the whole situation, but I was quiet. Right. So my first concept is, I wonder what happens if you can work on yourself first. What do you think would happen if your kids, do you think your kids would still be that overtaken or just these things happen and you move on? I don't know. The person that he, they know him, we all know him, yeah, it's like a common person and he's like a normal person. What happened to him? I said, I don't know, I did it, I don't know what, I don't know, I I was told, I don't know, it happened. I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to say. All right, so let's understand this. Kids, Ravnison, what do you say? I, I tell you, I, I was on the phone. I didn't hear the question. I'm sorry. Ah, basically, someone that they know took their own life and her 12-year-old son and her 10-year-old son um, talk about it the whole time. And she also, when she heard about it, she also feels that it affected her. Like she froze and she thinks about that. But I want to stop the conversation. I don't want to talk at it anymore. I have no, I, I, can't, I can't handle it, so I just don't want to talk anything. Right, but they so talk I would suggest I before we discuss the kids, we need you to get comfortable and stabilize with the situation. I mean, speak to someone that has experience dealing with laws, high lifeline, has an entire division dealing with that. I feel is a little bit more needed than just telling you what to deal with the children. In order to help someone, you first got to be clear yourself, and you first have to identify what's your concerns, what are your emotions, are you feeling bad for the person, are you feeling bad for the family, why are you so paralyzed? There's, there's a lot that goes into how before you help the children about how you help yourself. Oh, and for okay. that, I need you to open up, which I don't want to do on a public forum. Like, I need to ask you, what's your fears? What are you seeing in front of your eyes? 
What are you thinking about the entire time? Which questions did your kids ask you that were triggering you? What are you afraid? Which questions like, are you afraid? What happened? Why did he do it? I don't know. He wasn't no, maybe helping. There are other know. questions. Well, I all think right. Maybe you he wasn't like to do it, let's maybe. go ahead and do I it. I don't know. Like something happened that he did it. I don't know. Oh, well, what's your concern? What's your problem? Let's go. What is your problem? I don't like that my kids talk about it. I want them to stop because it. Let's continue life. I know it's happened, and I. What's your issue they are talking about? I don't know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. What's your fear? Let's go to you. What's your fear? How could someone do such a thing? You're like, wow, it's like so emotional. I can't, I don't know. I don't know what to say. You're like, wow. I'll tell you, so it's hard to, do you see, I need to do a lot more, and I don't know if I want to do it on air. Like, I okay. need you to open up more. What's your fear about this? Like, how could a person do such a thing? Why is he doing it? Like, why? Give me the emotion. That's the thought. Tell me the emotion. Give me the emotion. The thought is how and why can you do it? What's the emotion? Fear? Hashomah might happen to you or to someone that you no, love? No, 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 no. Give me the emotion. I know this person, no, let's not go no. Not, Tell me why, yes. Someone is not healthy. A health, Tell not me healthy person yes. to do such a thing. Why would he do it? Give me the emotion. You're saying something. We don't think how this person, like... He did it. Like no, really there's an emotion. And... You're not sharing an emotion. You're just sharing a thought. That's not an underlying. What's your fear of someone taking their life? All right, so in therapy, that's know. what we would be know. addressing. All right, so that's exactly what we do. We need to find, recognize that when you use the words, why would someone do it? And I was like, <gasps> that is an emotion. We need to identify what are the emotions behind that. And it takes time. So, for an example, I just worked on someone today. For an example, they're worried about a car accident, and their biggest fear about the car accident is, how would some of their children that have difficulties, how will those children survive? They already saw the failure of, they already saw their children, fail. So their fear is not for them. The fear, their trauma was of their children, but they weren't even aware of it until we started doing the emotional surgery, until we started digging what's below the surface. So when you're saying your kids are asking you about someone that took their life, then you're worried, then you're going, and when I heard about it, I was like shocked, like, why would they do it? That's the logic. What's the inner feeling? What's the thing? And that is part or large part what we do in therapy. Okay. I, I would say yeah. something, John. Uh, first of Please. all, I, I was a witness uh, as a child. Somebody jumped from a roof, basically. Wow. And uh, it, it's it's something that I would say that when you tell your kids not to talk about it, not to talk about it, you create more more curiosity or more just uh, suppressing the feeling. Uh, we say we said you know you have to talk about it yeah. talk about it don't be afraid you know it's something that's happened it's happened accidents happened many things you know in life don't be afraid and not try to put it aside and then what happened it's become like uh, something that it's not allowed to talk about it and the kids feel they want to take their feeling also everybody you want to talk about it you're talking right now on the radio about it and this is something that's very important that you take it out and talk about it and not to try to suppress to put it down and not to think about it. Eventually, our creator give us a beautiful, beautiful tools. It's called Shichecha and life continue and the water in Atzon River continue and we forget about this 
another two days, three days, and I finish. Oh. Yeah. All right. Okay. okay. Thank you very much. You're so, welcome. Uh, Mordechai, we'll go to... Uh, yeah, do we go back to Mr. R, the one that called earlier? Yes. Good. We're going back to Mr. R, the person that called about the therapist, that he changed therapist. Oh, he yes, hello. With the therapist. Think about the therapist. Yes, Mr. R, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm very good. Rav Nissen started to say something, but I got caught off. Okay, Rav Nissen. What did you want to share? Uh, the, the question, why, um, first of all, why you want to see him again? You, you, you left him. What happened? You know, is it something that uh, it's, it's, a, it's a finance issue? It's... No, he, he quit his practice. He quit his practice. Okay, so... So you ask him, so, who would he refer to? It, it was very good, you know, and, you know, you know some, the, the lady before said about somebody that uh, took his life, so, so imagine yourself, that this guy took his life, or just, you know, moved to another city, another, you know, and you, 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 you face reality. But the problem is that, I don't believe anybody can do as good a job as he did. Uh, you know, Yechia right. Melech, Yechia Melech. Long live the king, you know. This is... <laughs> okay, I understand. But my question is, besides that, if I get close to any person, I have a problem detaching. If, if, if uh, life changes and I have to, whatever reason, I can't uh, be connected to that person anymore. How many therapists did you try since him? Um, one. So how do you know you can't? Uh, because he wasn't the right one. And and um, besides that, I did two years. I didn't think I need more. Uh-huh. All right. So my friend, as Rav Nissen said, someone's, you gotta you got to go to the next one. Fine. Okay. All right. Good luck. Hatzlacha. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bracha v'atzlacha. And all the best. Yep. We're going to Mr. M. Mr. M, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hi. How are you? Uh, first, Baruch I'd like to Hashem, thank you for taking my call. We are doing fantastic. Good. Uh, thank you for taking my call. My pleasure and uh, honor. I'd like to, my question to you is, what is there to do about panic attacks? Well, first let's understand. Let's share with everyone what's a panic attack. What is a panic attack? Panic attack is like when something goes out of the ordinary or your heart stops beating and you get dizzy and you're, you're, it feels like a heart attack. That's right. Now, why would you think the brain would give a person a heart attack or the panic attack that they should have a heart attack? Why, what would be the message of the brain? Uh, the message to the brain is something yeah. out of the ordinary is happening, and it puts on a protection mode. That's right. So when things happen in our lives, and we comp- and we continue to ignore them, our brain is going to tell us we need to right now step back, and we need to start making some changes. And if you don't listen, I will shout louder. And you don't listen, I will shout even louder. And that is an anxiety attack. Okay. Is there anything to do to, like an exercise to to prevent it to? 
there are tons of things that can be done. And then there's a little band-aid that everyone likes calling up how to do that. On the other hand, what you need to realize is that if you're going to use a band-aid, what do you think the brain is going to do next? Will it say, oh, thank you, or will, you just, or will it be shut down a little that when it's going to explode, it's going to explode, again, it's going to explode even more? So what is there to do? So you need to realize there are several approaches in dealing with a panic attack. There is first the, the cognitive behavioral way of teaching yourself how to stop the panic attack, but there's, those are very important. There's even a deeper point of understanding why are the panic attacks coming. What are the messages behind the panic attack? It's something that's always been there. Now, any, like if, if I deal with a routine life, and if something out of the ordinary comes, uh, it just it just triggers it. You just said it's something out of the ordinary. So, what your message is that you need to be solid. You need to be confident in steps, and when life is not going as you plan, you lose your confidence, you lose your inner safety. Right. True? Yes, yes, totally true. So what the real work is to try to find what's going on, where did you lose your safety, what wasn't safe within yourself, and then how do right. you build up that inner power? So, yes, I could teach you the simple thoughts, the common CBT methods that usually help right away short term, which is recognize that smart people have panic attacks. It means there's a creative part of their mind, there's a logical part of the mind. The creative part's the one that's imagining so many different thoughts. And then we start teaching you how to start giving emotions numbers. So from 1 to 10, a strong emotion is a 10, a smaller emotion is a 1. When your mind starts hyperventilating, you start teaching yourself, no, I have a choice over my mind. I can take slow, deep breaths and tell the emotion, it's a feeling, it's not real, let's lower it down. Just like new, another example, someone has just told me recently about just like a bar of chocolate. Isn't a chocolate good? Sure, we love it. What happens if you're going to have... If you're going to eat 10, 10 bars of chocolate, will you still want it then? No. So what happens if you're stuffed and you have 10 bars of chocolate and someone gives you a chocolate then? Will you like it? No. So the same is with emotions and with our thoughts. So something could be good. Something could be not good. At the same item can have both emotions. The same is what we want you to start realizing with your mind, that there's a thought. And thoughts can right. be positive, thoughts can be negative. So that's the short bandy that we do. We want to give it a number. No, this thought of I'm out of my place, mm -hmm. it should not be causing an anxiety of a 10. Let's recognize it's a 2 or a 3. And then what else can I do for safety? Can I speak to a friend? Can I express it to others? But those are all the band-aids. Then the inner core is why do I need such so much safety in my life? Why can't I let go? What, is, what was I lacking as a child that's still holding me back? And that's a completely different type therapy. So basically, the, word, the minute someone says that they have anxiety attacks, it already means that you need an expert in that field that understands it. Right, okay. So someone has just sent a message, I have experienced panic attacks, I've worked EMDR, it was unreal and fast results, I also have relaxation CDs that are helpful. That is really nice of you, and I appreciate you sending that message. I actually am trained in EMDR and various other systems, and I want you to be aware that when one system works for you, it might not always work with another person. Therefore, I'm a big believer in knowing many different systems because sometimes it's not one issue. It could be many issues that are going on. 
The number to call up for everyone, so you can just stay on the line. So I'd like to hear what Abnissen has to say about this. Just want to remind the number is 718-683-5858. That's 718-683-5858. And we've got now the availabilities to ask your questions. So 718-683-5858. Abnissen, what do you say to about panic attacks, anxiety? Uh you know, again, I I I cannot uh, talk for myself because it's. But every, I think that uh, you know when when you're doing like a, a, I th I think so a practice and try to see what what is causing you that you know what what kind of cause. Uh, let's say that if you're in the army and you're basic training, you go uh, to the basic training and start learning how to shoot a rifle, and you. You train it uh, so many times. So in the beginning, the first shoot in the in the in the rifle, it's the art. You are pumping art, and you know all that adrenaline going over there, and you're very very scared. But after a while, when you practice and practice, even practice on your brain, and you come down, and that's the whole idea of uh, practicing uh, situation. And you you go and facing, you know, you're learning how to face enemy from left and enemy from right and from the top and the bottoms and just try to find the make scenario in the in your brain and the logic brain that what what is going on and i i think again uh that's that's the the way of to to tackle it and i don't know what is the uh the girl the a, a the, the the one that emdr what is this uh eye movement desensitization reprocessing that is, we can discuss it another time. It's an interesting therapy. We can even discuss it now. It's an interesting method. Okay. So this is the, what I said about, you know, the, trying to uh, imagining uh, the... Pro, the, 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 the it uses a little imagination. It's not really. It's usually moving the eyes back and forth oh. or feeling of vibrating in the hands, which we're trying to get different parts of the brain moving that when we're stuck, let's say someone's got an anxiety, so the mind gets stuck. Somehow by moving the eyes or feeling a sensation on right and left sides of our body, the brain gets out of the stuckness. It's a very powerful system. This is what they use for trauma. Whenever, when, people are, when people see those, they use it for soldiers. When people see a soldier, a friend that was killed, this is what they use with the bombings. There's a lot. There is a lot going on. So it's, it's a very powerful system. It also uses a lot to subconscious. So it's very similar to my system. In fact, when I took it, I almost felt a drop threatened by it, but they're still different. And I, I not only don't I feel threatened, I embrace it that we've got several of those light bars, as they're called, in our office that we use it. So we use whatever method will be best for the client. Every therapist by us is trained in the MDR. Yeah. Okay, the number to call up, 718-683-5858, and we are going to Miss C. You're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hello? Yes, hello. Hi, uh, I really appreciate you. Sure. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. You're welcome. I appreciate the appreciation. Hi, yes. Okay, I'm a little nervous. I'm calling it my first time. Oh, wow. Let me give you, yes, let me thank you and sort of give you a little encouragement. Calling up, so many people listening, very brave of you. Go ahead, take Thanks. your time. So I'm a teenager, and I hear you talking a lot about therapy. 
Yeah, that's what we and discussed there. I feel there. like I would really benefit from it. Okay. Just, just to my school, my whatever, it's, it's really not accepting. So I want to know how, how it could go and really benefit from it without feeling so different and, like, weird about it. Um, first of all, um, therapy, I believe, is usually like a step three, four, and five. So if you feel you have something bothering you, first let's see in your school who's someone you could open up to. So in every school, there is someone that might be knowledgeable that you can start. Um, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with anyone in my school, really. Except for my okay, friends. let's try things different. Who do you feel comfortable with? Start. I want you to start thinking differently. I want, since you're a teenager, I, I want to share with you, and we had that caller earlier of Mr. R, when we want things our way, like the therapist stopped working with him, no one will be as good, no one could do it, can't do it. Part of what we deal with in life is we deal with what we have now. And we make choices based on the present. So now I want you to think, who could you open up with, even if it's not as much as you would with a therapist? Right? Who can you start the process with? Um, there's my friends and my, fam- my family. But For, okay, with that family, I not friends. Friends is not considered therapy. Friends are when you're schmoozing. That's not someone that can guide you. Any of you said family. Any of them are older? Like not. Okay, let's first see brother and sister. No, I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. So which family can you open up to? It's my parents. Just certain things I wouldn't... Uh, it's different. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go tell them anything. Well, would you be able to tell them that you'd like to speak to someone? Yeah, I do go to someone, but it's, I feel so weird every time I go. I, I can't really benefit from it. I want to know how to feeling about it. Well, first, how about you speak to your parents? What? How about you tell your parents that you can speak to your parents, you start sharing with them some of the stuff that's going on in your life. They know. And and then you tell them that I think I could use a professional help. I'm going to... I go to therapy. I'm sorry, I wasn't understanding. I thought you asked how do you get to go to a professional help if they don't like it in your school. No, no, no. I go. Just I feel very weird. So I want to help. Like I never benefit. From it. You're not benefiting from the therapy because you're feeling weird going. I went once or twice, and I felt very weird about it. So I never. Well, first to understand, there's like a, a, a general concept in therapy. They have it in the twelve steps, like a different type, where they say, till six times, don't make your opinion. Don't just try it. And if you went six times, you don't like it. You can change to another one. Discuss it with your parents. So I should go more times, like, just try to feel? Sure. That's how you get used to something. You've never done it before. You don't know what it's like. Right. Right? So go back, continue the process, let's see what's happening. Think that could I, is this something, I don't know, that could feel more comfortable about it? Sure. Well, let's first start. What do you feel uncomfortable going to a therapist about? It's not something they do in my school. So it's not the therapist? No, no. So I'm asking you, so what are you feeling uncomfortable about? Which part? It's, it's a lot of girls that go on more pity cases. I don't want to feel like a, like a never. 
Excellent. So this is something you bring up with a therapist at the first session. I have an uncomfortability coming here. I feel like I'm a nebuch, and then they'll guide you through it. I should tell her? Of course. Sure. They won't feel bad. This is what we do. I think that right now you feel very strange because, uh, you know, the society doesn't accept uh, and just, you know, the friends right. and probably, probably keep it away from your friends and you don't want to talk about it if somebody would know. I think that you have to get over it because when you, uh, when you have a sick and you take uh, antibiotics or something like this, it's normal. So if it will help you and try to, to listen to, listen to Mordechai, Mordechai about that five, six times, then you can feel confidence and you see that it's helping you. If it doesn't help you, try to find somebody else. All right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. We'll okay, who are we going to, to next? Mr. Mr. N. Mr. N. You're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hello? Hello? Okay. I think we lost them. Yeah, I think we lost them. So we'll go to uh, Mrs. S. Miss, Mrs. S., you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hi, how are you? Baruch Hashem, fantastic. Baruch Hashem. I want to know, how long do you think a body takes to get over an anxiety attack? Well, that's a very interesting question. I'm really so not sure if it was an anxiety the, attack, but... Yeah. Um... Something happened to me where I had a, a kind of a fight with somebody that I cared about. And um, so for the next couple of days, my neck felt very, very hot. Mm -hmm. Is that an anxiety attack? Let's try things. Let, let's try things different. Let, let's try it okay. again. It happened just one time? Um, it was a... It was a series of the, throughout the whole day, so it just built up and built up and built up where I was so nervous. Okay. Now, did it happen any other times after that day? Yeah. It happened again also. Just one or two times? Yeah. So I don't know if we'll call it an anxiety attack, but we'll call it maybe fear. It could be. I don't want to. I don't want to give that a name, but it definitely is an emotional message. Would you recognize that? Yeah. Now, as many people, when they stop feeling anxiety attacks, it's there. Many times, people are describing it very intense and very severe, which means it can be a small step, but it usually builds up to a lot more. Okay. So what I would tell you is recognize what the trigger is. And let's see if we can deal with that. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. You're welcome. Okay, we'll go to Mr. N again. Yeah. Hello, Mr. Hello. N. Hello. Yeah, yes. hi, Shalom Aleichem. Ah, Aleichem Shalom. Okay. I just want to ask, I'm uh, trying to investigate the rules of anxiety. And uh, anxiety, it's, I mean, uh, OCD and the level of it. I just want to, I'm, I'm really, I don't have so much knowledge, but uh, the roots of it is worriness, pachad. 
in the video of Rabbeinu Nisim, of uh, Yom Kippur Katan, or uh, uh, on Yom Kippur, there are six, seven levels of worriness. Pachad, Ira, Retet, Reada. Okay, how, my friend. How, I know, I, I, how you get rid of it, or how you monitor it. And well, I think, I, 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 I believe, I don't know, in the Torah is the answer for everything. Maybe we don't have enough knowledge and we use the Torah what they learn in university and psychiatric and psychology and stuff like that. But the roots of anxiety, the main anxiety is there. And I don't know how, I don't know, I don't know, you know, how to approach it, how to, how to, how to monitor it, how to make it less, how to make a person less yere, less worry Torah-wise. Good, that's not therapy-wise, not medication-wise, Torah-wise. Wonderful. I will have you call up a Rav, and Torah-wise, I, am, I try to model for people to realize that while I am a from Yid, and while I learn, I won't answer that. We need to have a Rav to answer what is a Torah's Mahalach for that. I don't think... I researched Torah-wise, I don't think they have knowledge. I looked all over. There's I think the Torah's got a lot of knowledge, and you can see so many Rabbanim. I'll tell you, I don't know. So you're asking a person, so when they have the other shiurim on the jrootradio.com, you can call up the Rabbanim and ask them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Okay. And, you. And I really think your question is fantastic. I mean, yeah. I mean, I... I I, I know that it's like, you know, a form of uh, anxiety is OCD and all the other, all the other one is every normal human has a kind of fear. And Rav Kainesky say, Zihirut Yetera B'mitzvot Meviyag Lidei Shigaon. I think Mistama, when somebody does something too much worry, it triggers something in the brain and it's very hard to reverse it. How do you reverse that? Okay, yeah. so this, <laughs> uh, Mr. Ant, this is, this is really a big question. It's a question to, the, I would say that that's why we have here this program awareness. And not always, not always. If we was complete and emunah and complete following the Torah, we don't have any fear, we don't have nothing. Unfortunately, we have sometimes imbalance of the hormone, imbalance of, of chemical in the brain. And uh, we need therapists. This is something yeah. that, again, uh, and this is a process. It takes take years sometimes to, uh, to overcome these uh, 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 things. And I would say that uh, this is a therapist uh, a job. Yeah, but I believe the Ezra Tashem, the answer is in the Torah. And somebody going to find out that sometimes Chacham and you all the people with anxiety. Okay, Be'ezrat Hashem, I would say that uh, Be'ezrat Hashem, you know, Rabbi, Rabbi Batsri said that he can basically uh, cure on 90% of the people from the lunatic houses, according to, to him, uh, with, with uh, a, a kind of tikkun uh, nefashot. So Be'ezrat Hashem, you know, so, and then Rabbi Mordechai will be uh, uh, unemployed. <laughs> That's right, and I'll go into business consulting. Okay. We'll, take, we'll do other consulting, but Baruch Hashem, the, the refuse, 
I'll tell you what, I don't want to minimize the, the, ne- the nafshiyas, the stress, because I work on people, the mamish feel their life comes to an end. But Merit Hashem, when we'll be able to deal with the emotional help, when the Rebbein will help that, there are such physical illnesses and so many other stuff going on out there that I look forward with all the doctors to be out of business and to find other jobs. You'll then be probably, they'll be needing a lot of travel agents, shit, getting tickets there to Sral and good Amen. deals and everything that's going on. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for your question. Okay, we'll go to Miss. Before we go to that, to the caller that called, I just want to take that text question that you sent me. You've sent me many, many messages. I just want to take one of them because I found it an interesting story. I'm going to try not to say stores because I don't like mentioning stores, but it was Thursday night and my son told me he never went to a certain store. And and I want to just check it out. Before I let him go, I want to know what it was like. So I told him, you know what, can I go with you Thursday night? He said, sure, no problem. So I'm living in Lakewood already five, six years. I've probably almost more now. I haven't, I haven't, um, haven't been in this store. And I went there. So as I'm there, so here's a person that's leaving a message. Hi, I'd like to ask you my question on air. But since everyone is sleeping, I wouldn't want to talk loud. So this is a person that's out of the country, from England, actually. I'm the woman that you met in the store in Lakewood last week. I'm a person that is very visual. I see a picture of a person. Even for a few seconds, I can spot them anywhere in the world. I'm excellent remembering directions, even after hearing it once. While shopping that Thursday, I spotted you. I knew it was you straight away. Straight away. Wow. So what happened was I was with my son in the store, and I believe, like, since we're on radio, like people don't know what I look like. So I'm there with my son. And all I'm seeing with someone, there's like three, four people like staring at me. And I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't even considering that maybe they should know who I am. And also they come over to me with a British accent and tell me they just arrived from England. They were in Lakewood and they want to know if I'm Mordechai Weimer because they hear the program and all that. And I was touched. It was so nice that someone came over. And I I told him it's by shared for me to be exactly this 20 minutes at this time for them to be there, and they were saying that they were thinking if they come to America, they would have wanted to ask me a question or something. I thought it was Bashert for a store I've never walked into in my life in Lakewood to be there at that time, just when Hashem made that person to be there. I don't know what the purpose was. I don't know what the message is, but I take these little times and I just smile. It happened once or twice, even since I trying to remember something happened just yesterday or was today, and I was saying, like, thank you, Hashem, for just sending me that message. Those little wink saying i run the show so if that's the case let's go ahead and take her question that she said well this is an ama- amazing <laughs> i know isn't it Bashar? out of yes. the blue never was in that store that person just came from england to be at that store at the same exact time and they were thinking they would have wanted to ask me a question the, probably the, you, uh, the air you're speaking you know it's a funny because i'm when i stop in my mouth in a stand in a in a storm so people look at me like you don't tell me that she, I know the voice. I know the voice. It's funny. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, let's... so that was interesting. So let's go read your question. So here's my question. I have lost the complete picture of how you look. I'm blank. I remember who you were with. That was my son. I remember what you were wearing, but I believe something shifted in my brain that just shut down. Could you explain what has happened? Is that the idea of stage fright being blank while taking an exam? It definitely can be one of the reasons that it's a stage fright, that your mind has gone blank. It can also be that you had other thoughts that you wanted, 
and that was some of the some of the block that was going on. Sometimes you expect more of someone, and when it's not, it's disappointing. Can also be that the doubt that before you approached me, there was a lot of huddling and schmoozing going on, like in the family. Should we go over? Should we ask? Shouldn't we ask? And at the end, it was either your husband or your brother that that came over and said, "Are you Weinberger?" So it was. Just be aware that sometimes when you ask for something, also it happens. Like, what are the chances for that to happen? We get overwhelmed. So, as you said, that could be the stage fright. It could be me not being what you expected, which is sometimes a downer. And it could be that you've had other things on your mind as well that time, and that's why some of the details aren't there. But usually we need to speak to you directly to figure out what is going on. The reason why I shared this information was just when the Rabbi Shalom send those messages, I always appreciate it. Those little messages of the Rabbi Shalom knows exactly what he's doing, when he's doing it, how he's doing it. I sometimes need to remind myself to please let go of my expectations. All right. We go to Mrs. Ms. R. Ms. R., you're on with Mordechai. Hello. Yes, Hello. Hello, Miss R. Hello. Yes. Hello. Yeah, you are on the air. We're gonna take a callers if you'd like. The number is seven one eight six eight three fifty eight fifty eight seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. And we look forward to taking your questions and your comments. All right. Harv, listen, how many, does that happen to you sometimes when you go somewhere and someone would speak to you? Okay, we have uh, Miss S with us. Okay, well, let's go straight to Miss S. Okay, hi. Yes, um, hear hello. Me? Yes, loud and clear. Okay. I wanted to know, first of all, before I ask my question, um, would you be able to give me the number to text in a comment, like when someone says something? And we usually don't. We usually don't read them. So if Nissen sends me a lot of them, we really want to focus on positives. On the, I'm sorry, on the actual voice messages. No, not for so, questions. For comments. Like you, people, you read a lot of times comments that people have on. I only, Reb Nissen, we can give out the text message, but I want you to realize I don't really read. 98% of the comments that we get are not read. Mm-hmm. If you would know how many messages Reb Nissen sent me, we want to focus on people calling in. It's not okay, DJ so Yuda program. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes, I want you to realize if we would be taking, when we're taking text questions, we did not receive any phone calls. And the benefit of when people recognize they not, hear a I'm question. I'm not talking about questions. I'm talking about comments on the questions, on the answers. All right. So let me try to clarify. All right. Herb, listen, can you give the number? And I'm just going to say, whoever sends comments, be aware that 95% of the comments will okay. not be read. So 347-927-8398. Three, uh, 347-927-8398. Three, Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, I got it. Okay, so my question is, um, I hear myself a little with an echo. Is, is it? Yes. You could do anything about it? Um, no, that is the system right now. Okay, okay, fine. Um, I wanted to know, I have a 
cousin that, like, she's very codependent with somebody that has BPD. And, like, she knows that that person is not normal, like, that they have a problem, personality disorder. But whenever I talk to her about it, she always says that that person is so old already that, like, I'm not going to try to teach them and show them that I'm not there. Like, I'm not there, like, shmasa and whatever. Like, how do I explain to her that it's still not healthy for her to be like that with that person? Even so let's if... recognize, you're asking, how do you stop being, how do you explain a codependent person not to be codependent when they show they're right, and because... they're talking to a person with a personality disorder when that's the same answer to you? Why are you codependent to them? Do you explain to them they're not hearing it? Let go. Yeah, but then, like, when like they're there, then then they suffer about it, and then they say like, oh, yeah, like they don't realize that. So basically, you're saying that, like, I should just ignore it if they don't. What I'm saying is practice what you preach. <laughs> uh-huh. Isn't it interesting that for that person it's so clear, but for you, you see every reason why you need to convince the other person. The other person can't should stop convincing the other one, but you are going to con- co- still continue convincing the other one. So you can do it, but they yeah, can't. Yeah, because I don't want them to suffer because of that person. That's like, exactly not... what the other person feels. You got it. Watch the chain. What does the, uh, the other person feel that they are helping, they're helping the person them, but really that person disorder. is still always sure. yelling at them because they're not Yeah, but she's yelling because she's trying to help them. Right. Each one's so, doing it for the same reason, but she's yelling and no, you're trying I'm, to talk. I'm dealing with a healthy person. She's not dealing with a healthy person. What's the difference? You're you're doing the same negative behavior. So you think I should just ignore the whole thing? I'm not going to tell you what to do. I just want you to realize that. How hard is it for you to let go? I could let go, but I would so want to explain to her why it's not good for her. Exactly. Now, how many times did you explain it to her already? <laughs> Several times. That's right. Reb what do you say to this? I'm so, uh, again, I'm so involved here. Again, please repeat to the, the... Sure. So her question is, she has, let's say, a relative of a friend that's very involved in trying to get... Let's, let's give letters. So let's say there's... She, the one that's calling is today... She has a friend, Mrs. B, that has either a relative or someone that's Mrs. C that's not healthy. That's, let's say, a personality disorder. So friend B is always yelling at, at C why they should stop being so unhealthy and they should be healthy. Now, A, the caller now, is saying she's trying to get her friend B to stop yelling at C. No, no, B is not yelling at C. B is B not is yelling at C. C to get she's feeding her. She's feeding into or demand. She's not yelling That's at right. her. That's right. But while she's feeding in, she's getting upset. She's getting nervous. Right. And you are hurt. A is hurt. No, she's not yelling at her. her. She tells me, I'm not going to try to fix her. She's, she's, she's so old already anyway. But she keeps feeding into her demands, and C keeps yelling at B. She doesn't even appreciate it because she's not, she's not That's okay. Right. And now you are trying to get B to, to get away or to create a space between B and C, but B isn't ready right. for that. That's called codependence. I, I think C squared D is uh, the best. But uh, <laughs> I, w- I would say that uh, I think that uh, both of, both of uh, A, A and B need, uh, need uh, help. And how to deal to deal with the treatment, you know, because with with the idea, 
I think that uh, definitely you don't have the right to tell what to be. Are you a therapist? Are you licensed? Are you know what? You know, uh, many times we're doing uh, thinking from intuitive uh, situation that we're saying, but we're doing the opposite. Mm. I think that yeah. uh, uh, you have to take to to le learn how to deal with these issues and then help your your friend relative mm -hmm. the mrs b and mrs b will be learn how to deal with mrs c or mr c and uh how it's working with i think this mm -hmm. will be the best i think i, think I did let go already from the situation i was just thinking like maybe you would have a good idea how i maybe still could come and um, uh, usually the best person. idea is usually b will be talking to you sometimes and crying a little or or saying how hard it is sometimes yeah. with his friend and the secret is to not get caught up into that. The no, secret is to tell them, oh, when you talk about this and this topic, I don't want to speak about that. That is usually the way that they get the idea. If I need to talk to someone or they got upset at me, what do I do? How do I do things differently? And you go, well, this topic is, is something I'm not discussing. It's not mean to say that. Like... Well, that's actually the healthy thing to say. That's what we do in therapy. I do that many times with clients, saying, look, we can discuss this and this topic, but another topic is not healthy. You're not ready to face it yet. And therefore, when they sit with this and they recognize what's happening, it makes the world of a difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. What do you say You're in welcome. English? Silence is worth gold. Yes. <laughs> Silence is golden. golden. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, Ravnissa, what would you say to her? What would you tell her? So she cares about her friend B. She sees B being tshmetter, tshmetter, being knocked down by this friend C that's not well. And I'm suggesting she's got to let go and not get involved with B because B isn't stopping. But what would you say? I, I, you would, say to, I, would, I would say that uh, I, I like you very much. I really don't know. I don't have the tools to help you. The best way is trying to find some tools, somebody that helps you. She's not you. asking me for help. So. What? She's not asking me for help. No, no, but so. you see that here, here this you, you side, you know, said, I, I, I cannot help you about it. It's really something that I'm I just trying to, I, I love to help you, but I don't have the tools. I don't have nothing that I can help you on. Besides just listen to you and sympathize, whatever, but it, you know, sometimes, but don't. I said, I don't, I cannot help you on this issue. And maybe, maybe you, maybe you need to get some kind of guidance or help from other people, professional. That's what I, I would say. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right. You're very welcome. And we are going to take our last caller, Mr. R. You're on with Mordecai and Herm. Listen. Hi. Is that me? Yes, it's you. Okay. I'm outside, so it's a little bit hard to hear. But I, I, uh, I've listened to you quite a lot, Mordecai, and I, uh, and I want, to, and I know that you're extremely terrific, and I wanted to give a quick answer to the the earlier caller that was concerned, seemed to be concerned about the answer for uh, uh, mental or uh, emotional uh, problems in Torah, rather than I understand why you didn't want to give him one. But I'm sure you were capable of giving him one, but I, I, I have been learning something this week that really might speak to it a little bit. So could I share it with you? Or Go right uh, ahead. And you happen to be right that I have the answer. But by answering that question, we're going to have more callers around that topic, which I did not want.
But okay, go ahead. Let's have you share yours. Yes. Okay, so uh, Shaila Melech had some di- distress, right? And he he found uh, he found who you are from the distress in in hearing music. Yeah, even David David yes, played yes, music. Yes, David played for him. It's brought down the Navi. Yes, it's brought down the Pesukim. So, so the wisdom, yeah. So I saw this week a fantastic source in the Pain uh, Yaakov in Erechin about the wisdom of music, and he's describing how music could bring a person, elevate a person above his physical distresses and things. So, uh, but we, but we've lost that uh, that hachma. However, there's other hachmas. Psychology is, is another hachma. And, a, and, and you see from this that you need that hachma can provide a cure for physical ailments, of which emotional distress is certainly a physical ailment. And the hachma of going to the, going to someone with the hachma to provide you that cure and that uh, relief is is, is very terrific. That's that's sort of what they're saying. Thank you, thank you very 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 much. And hatslocha, everyone, and thank you for this wonderful program again. And we shall have siyata deshmaya. Looking forward to the geula shalema, and looking forward to Marshashan being together with you next week. Amen. Thank you, and thank you. This week was a really strange program, but (laughs) yeah, different than usual. Very different. Very different. Okay. Thank you, and good night to all of you. You're welcome. Hatslocha. Amen.